um, it's natural for people to make all kinds of different stuff, you know, like no one only makes a single genre. People get bored of that. You know, it's okay to make all kinds of stuff. Just be okay with making all kinds of stuff. What's up, producers? I'm Sam Matler, and you're listening to the EDM Podcast, a show where I interview talented producers, engineers, and industry people. I know there's been a little bit of a break uh, with the podcast, but I am back. And today I talked to Ark Patrol, a well-known producer from Portland. Uh, In this interview, we talk about his workflow, the difference between producing an album uh, versus single, the importance of having high standards, but at the same time avoiding perfectionism, and also his latest album, Primo, which is out on the 20th of November. So uh, for most of you who are listening to this right now, the album will be out, so I highly recommend checking it out. I will leave a link to that in the show notes, and you can find the show notes for this episode at edmprod.com slash episode 16. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months, or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Brandon, thanks heaps for coming on the show. It was fantastic to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, for those listening who who don't know you that well, why not give us a little bit of background? Who are you and how did you get to where you are today? Okay, um, so my name is Brandon. Um, I do a project called Art Patrol and it's uh, just based out of SoundCloud where I just released a bunch of music, whatever I like. Um, it's like hip hoppy kind of electronic beats and um, I've been doing that for a couple years now, about three years. And um, I started just kind of in my bedroom. Um, I bought a MacBook and uh, I just made started making beats on like GarageBand and just couldn't stop for some reason. I guess I didn't really have a life. So I just kept on doing <laughs> that and uh, I liked it. It was really fun and other people liked it too and um it eventually evolved into ableton and um and then i met some people who really wanted to help me out and now i'm here like that's the short version i guess yeah man that's that's awesome and so did you play any instruments or did you have any musical background before that or did you just jump straight into it when you got a macbook <laughs> no i um i've been playing piano for most of my life since i was like three four years old um I, we had a little electronic keyboard at the house and uh, i would just bang on that whenever i could and um really got comfortable on that and then um i used to play in church and um at in high school i played for the jazz band and i would i would do solos and stuff and have a lot of fun and uh, that's where i got like a lot of my experience from 
So you think that's helped a fair bit with your productions? Because I mean, one thing that stands out a lot in your music is the composition. Like it's it's on another level. Do you think that's helped knowing piano or been playing since you're three or four? Uh, I mean, how does that, yeah, how does that help you or aid you when you're producing? It it definitely helps um, mostly because I kind of already have a map of like where I'm going with the song, like loops. Um, it, it just really helps for me to be able to zoom out and see what I'm doing on like a larger scale. Cause I can see how like sometimes um, I could get caught up in something small and then kind of lose myself in it and not really know where it fits in in the bigger picture. But because I have like a lot of experience playing with like, other bands or uh, playing live, then um, it really is easier for me to see the bigger picture and kind of shape the song as a whole rather than just small pieces that I'm trying to like make work together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to delve into your workflow a little bit then. I mean, when you sit down to work on a new track, do you start with, do you start sitting and, and playing the piano or is it, I mean, do you start with the drums or does it vary each time? Yeah, it definitely varies each time. Um, sometimes I'll just have ideas while I'm like out and about doing stuff and I'll just sing something into like my iPhone record it for later on. And then I just bring it back here and then immediately try to translate that into, you know, like synths or whatever instrument would fit that the best. But then sometimes I'm just sitting in front of my computer and there's nothing in my head. So I have to start like humming or like singing to come up with like, you know, little tunes that I think would be cool. Um, and then sometimes it really is just drums, you know, like just making a beat and I need something to put over it. So I choose something. Gotcha. And, so you have this idea maybe a drum beat or melody from that point uh how how do you take that to arrangement and then you know completely mix down track finish track um so if i have like a drum track and it's going it's going well which is it's kind of a rarity <laughs> yeah. as far as I can tell. But um, when it does actually start to come together, um, I'll have at least two different parts. So it goes, um, you make, make the drums, you make all the pads and the bass and uh, all the leads, all of that. Um, then you do like another mix uh, just to like kind of glue it all together to make it sound good. And um, try not to loop it. Because it'll get like boring if you keep it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, while that's going on, uh, kind of have an idea of like what what you want to do with the song. If you want to add another part, or if that's all the song is, and then um, it's a lot of copying and pasting. Um, just trying to loop it or make it so it doesn't sound looped, basically. And then you have to edit the transitions uh, so that they're you know nice and smooth and they don't sound uh, looped, <laughs> pretty much. Cool. So you've got an album coming out on Friday. This will be going up on Thursday, I believe. Uh, it's called Primo and it's coming out on Heroic Recordings. Uh, tell us a little bit about that project. What inspired you to work on it? Um, well, to be completely honest, uh, Primo wasn't really ever supposed to be a thing. Um, it's been over the past, I think, since May. Um when I actually took a look at my 
you know, big folder of songs that are, that aren't done and, um, showed it to my manager and he was, uh, we were talking about it and he said, Hey, you know, it's been a while. Uh, we should try and put something out. You know, you have fans out there. You have people who like, like your music, you know, I'm sure, you know, they're waiting for something new from you. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not ready yet. Or, you know, my, I, I want to grow more. And, um, we talked about it and he convinced me to go ahead and just, you know, put some music out anyway. Um, you know, I, I ended up agreeing cause it's like, I, I wanted to be real with where I'm at. You know, I didn't want to like wait a whole couple of years. So I got to work on Primo and, um, the whole viewpoint that I had while I was making it is I'm like just trying to salvage tracks that like didn't really have a future and I'm trying to like transform them. And, um, it was a good experience. You know, I got to, take what I didn't think was very much potential and really challenge myself to bring it to life. And, um, and that's kind of the whole reason for the title. Primo ended up being, uh, like Primo means the cream of the crop kind of, and it's kind of a joke cause these aren't the cream of the crop, but, um, yeah, that's kind of the whole idea, you know, just kind of take something that I, didn't think it had much potential and really turn it into something that can shine a little bit. Mm. Yeah, that's super cool, man. And I mean, were there any kind of struggles that you faced along the way? Because I know at least the people who I've talked to who've made albums uh, and work on singles as well have said that making an album is like 10 times harder. Like there's so many roadblocks and difficulties that you have to face. I mean, what was your experience? <clears throat> yeah i i can definitely agree like making a single is it's just the nicest thing ever you know because it's it's just simple and straight up and it's only one song and then with an album people ask like what are you trying to do with this album what is the theme behind it you know what are you trying to communicate do you have a message what what's the art going to be all these different decisions and you have to have a plan and if you don't you can kind of tell that you know it's kind of all over the place and hopefully with Primo, you can kind of tell that I don't have a plan. But um, if you uh, if you look close enough, uh, you can kind of just see it is what it is. You know, like for this album specifically, um, there weren't too many difficulties because it's just myself. You know, and I I did work with a couple artists, um, just a couple vocalists to get their vocals on uh, my track, and it went really smoothly. So. Um, yeah, all I can say is the biggest obstacle was myself uh, during this one, just trying to get past quality control. You know, quality control. Can you can you elaborate on that? Because it's something that um, I've had a fair few questions about. I mean, obviously the label plays a part in that, but for those who who don't who haven't really heard of the term before, uh, could you explain it? Yeah. Um, so quality control in that context is just, um, I guess it would be what you know you're capable of, um, like your best limits, you know? And for me, these, uh, the quality control is basically, you know, do I, am I aware that I could have done better? Like, do I know that it's missing something? And Mm -hmm. constantly asking the question and then not not just asking the question, but forcing yourself to fix it. You know, once you find the answer, you know, if it is, you know, if there is something that needs to be fixed, then forcing yourself to really, you know, take a fresh listen to it, compare it to your favorite tracks, and um, you know, or get other people's opinion on it, 
and really flesh out whatever you don't like about your track. You know? It must be hard though to to balance that level. You know, you're having you've got these high standards, which is a good thing, uh, and a standard for high quality. But then there's, on the other hand, perfectionism, which you kind of want to avoid because uh, you'll mm-hmm. never finish music. So, right. I mean, how do you find that balance between, okay, there's something in this project that isn't good enough versus uh, this project isn't perfect? It's it's a really fine line and um, it's probably different for every person. Um, for me specifically, it um, I would say there's it's it's less perfectionism for me like because i haven't i guess i have enough experience with my own music to know that um like when it gets to where i like it then it'll be good and and that's it's it's possible to get it to where i like it because i've done it before or i've I've been happy with something Mm yeah so like i know it's not unrealistic um but it can seem unrealistic at times when you're really chasing it so it, it you really have to know yourself and know your music and what you're aiming for for sure man yeah uh one of the tracks on your album it's called at all uh a collaboration with veronica red I have to say, man, I, I love that track. I was sitting in uh, the Heroic offices and Booty just kept playing it time after time. <laughs> and um, I didn't get sick of it. So, you know, that's a good <laughs> sign. <laughs> but uh, but how did that collaboration come about? I mean, you've worked with her before, earlier in the year. But what's right. it like working with her and how did that, how did you two come across each other? Well, she's, uh, she's the best she's um from my hometown back in hawaii uh her and i were friends in high school so we know each other from you know like when i was like 16 17 yeah and we've been friends for a while um she was a singer in jazz band and i played piano for her so um we've known each other since then and when i started doing the whole arc patrol thing um at some point I realized, Hey, it'd be cool to have, you know, some vocals or I just got really jealous to sing to other songs with vocals. And I'm like, oh, I would like some too. And so I ended up calling her up and, you know, just asking her what she's up to and asking her if she'd be up to sing on something. And I already had some melodies planned out and some lyrics written out that I, you know, would like her to like check out and see if she'd be down to sing them. And so we took a look and she came over and we just talked about it. I sang it out first just to like get the embarrassment out of the way <laughs> and, and uh, she followed and we just bounced it back and forth until we had something that we were both happy with. Um, and from then on, we just uh, went to the studio. Uh, I had a track ready. She sang over it and um, shook hands and I went home and just edited it all. And it was pretty smooth. I got to say it was great working with her. Yeah. It went down really easily. It was great. Awesome. I mean, I've heard, um, 
people, producers who work with a lot of vocalists always complain about uh, processing vocals. I mean, is that mm-hmm. a difficult part compared to, you know, if you're if you're making a lot of music without vocals and then you do a collaboration with a vocalist, you've got to do this comp in, you know, vocal compression. Mm-hmm. Was that difficult? Um, yeah, it's a whole nother ball game learning how to do <laughs> yeah. compression and EQing on someone's vocals. Like, you know, and normally I guess producers, uh, especially similar to me where we, we just sample, you know, voices off of different tracks and albums and stuff. We're used to the vocals being, you know, heavily compressed and, and well adjusted beforehand and we can just slot them in and use them easily. But when you have raw vocals, uh, it does take a little bit of time to learn like how to make it sound good or how to make it stand out in a track. Mm. And uh, I mean, the lyrics in that track are, are amazing. Did she write them, or, or was it co co written? I mean, how did that? It work? was. Uh, I I wrote the lyrics and nice. I used her as my reality check, uh, just for like, <laughs> just you know, make sure you're okay with singing these, and if you want to change anything, please go ahead. Um, but otherwise, otherwise, it was mostly me. But she definitely had it. She tries to deny it, but she definitely had a part in right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Um, cool. I, your mixes sound both unique, but also, uh, quite spacious and and three dimensional. Why do you think that is? And, and how do you approach a mix down? I'm curious. Um, hmm. well, I think the reason they're spacious is just because of probably the panning that I do. Mm. Um, I really try to. I, I remember listening to some of my older tracks and they're all like center channel. Like they're, they're, you could like flip your headphones around and nothing would change. It will be the same. And uh, I was like, oh, I, I really don't like that. You know, and I've been listening to a lot of music where the, you know, different elements are panned all over the place and it really brought it to life and uh, gave the track depth. And so I started doing that in my tracks and uh, you know, moving, uh, moving a pad to the left slightly and then uh, making a Tom fill on the right, you know, we'll just kind of stretch the viewer's perspective. And so they can hear, you know, from different angles and they'll get a better, better view on the whole track. And I'm sorry, I, I forgot the second thing you asked me was the second thing. I'll ask it in a moment, but um, with, with panning, is it something that's kind of completely random? I mean, I know some people will always pan a hi-hat to the left or always pan a tom to the right. I mean, mm-hmm. is it something that changes with every project for you, or do you have kind of a set model? It is. I guess there's a little bit of a formula for me. Um, usually, there's really nothing dead center except for like the kick and the bass, and then as the elements get higher and higher in the frequency range, you can be more and more free with how how hard you pan it mm. so you know like a, a bass pad or not a bass pad but like a, a mid pad will be you know not more than maybe 20 um 20 units to the left mm. you know and then uh when you really have leads and stuff the leads can be like fully stereo or they can be panned almost all the way to the right or all the way to the right depending on how it, how it goes but uh you can get freer and freer the higher up you go and then mm it's generally better to stay centered when you get to the base and yeah. lower than that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of stereo widening, you're using Ableton. How do you approach that? Um, stereo widening is, for me, 
I guess I don't do it very much. Actually, recently I've been doing it a lot, mm. but that's mostly in my synths. Um, uh, like all the new material I've been working on has uh, these big synths that are just split like straight down the middle. And the the big problem with stereo widening is, of course, if you just copy something twice and then pan one yeah. of one of the copies to the left, one to the right, they're just gonna sound a lot louder and sound like one. So you have yeah. to differentiate them. Um, so what I do is if I have like, for example, with the track with Veronica, if I am splitting her vocals in half and trying to stereo image them, um, I'll make one copy to the left and then you can pitch it up a little bit and then one copy to the right and you can leave it or you can even pitch it down to make it even a little bit more different. Um, and you can change the timing. So one will be a little bit before the other. And as long as they sound different enough, um, they'll really bring the stereo image to life and they won't phase, yeah. which is the best part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, interesting. So, yeah, I'm curious as to how you approach a mix down. I mean, do you mix as you go? Do you do a final mix down at the end or do you do both? I mix as I go. Um, I usually don't finish tracks in the same day that I start them. I'm trying to do that more and more, but that usually doesn't happen. So um, I mix as I go just to make sure it doesn't sound too horrible. And then before I end session, before I go to get food or whatever, I like make sure it sounds good as a whole so that when I come back to it, I can like, I can see it with some potential. And then um, usually they're at least like two or three final mixes as I you know bounce it back from the label to me and um right before the pre-master um and then sent out the pre-master and that that's uh that's all she wrote but before that yeah you know i just try to mix whenever there's a moment where you don't have anything to throw in you know mm. does that get can that be distracting though i mean i know i mix as i go as well but i always do a final mix down but i found sometimes uh I can be playing around with an EQ or, or a comparison. I get way too involved in, mm-hmm. in that instead of focusing on the music, uh, you know, like the the composition and so on, which is more important at the time. Um, I mean, do you find that can be, you can kind of fall into that trap of constantly tweaking uh, or not? Yeah, that's um, definitely a thing. Um, I mean, I personally think it's a good thing. Um, you know, when you when you really focus in on trying to get something right, that's great. You know, like I think a lot of people might just you know skip over something like that and they'll just be like, oh, it's fine, and just like focus on the bigger stuff. But if you're really taking time to tweak something that you think you know could be better or you know think deserves some attention, that's great. You know, and I think it's worth all the effort that needs to be put in to make it shine. For sure. How long does it take you to, this, this is a bit of a, a stupid question because um, the answer is can never be that clear, but how long on average would it take you to finish a track? Um, all right. So for example, I just did a track for, uh, I guess I'll just say um, it's not, not approved yet. So Warner Music, Warner Music uh, Group approached me to do a remix for one of their artists and um, they said there's like a deadline, you know, they're like asking me if I could get it done within a certain amount of time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. Like, uh, I'm going to do my best. And so they gave me a week to do it. 
um, it was a remix. So I already had a little bit of material and I had to like get anyone to sing on it. Um, and it took me, uh, about five days, uh, start to finish to like get it done and, and they're going to pay me for it and everything. So it's like supposed to be good and, um, and they like it, you know? So yeah, that seems to be more or less, you know, enough time to reflect on it over and over again. Like five days seems to be good. Do you have any routines, habits or tricks that help you stay uh, creative? overcome creative blocks yeah um so to stay creative first off getting out of the house is probably the most important one like getting out of the room at least and then taking a walk um, around the city or going skateboarding or something you know not being in front of a computer is one of the best things you can do to help your creativity absolutely yeah. yeah standing or sitting there for like hours upon end just kill you after after enough time so definitely getting out um also friends you know it's worth having some <laughs> some friends some learning more and more yeah, uh, yeah they have good music you know other people's taste even if you don't like it it'll it'll make you realize what you do like you know you'll be like oh this sucks i'd rather listen to this and then you'll go back home listen to that and then you'll get inspired and we'll go back on the computer and you'll start making stuff again that's kind of what happens sometimes and um and, and just taking a break in general you know will really help and come back because you're gonna want to come back you know at some point like if you if you never want to come back then good like you can quit so, like, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna want to come back eventually you know and when you do come back you're gonna have something to bring with you yeah yeah i absolutely agree with you on the um on having breaks i mean i think i remember going on the holiday once and i, I didn't take my laptop with me on purpose and um it was it was for like a week and i came back and all i wanted to do was make music you know and then you have an eight hour session and it just goes so smoothly um (laughs) yeah Yeah. fully endorse that (laughs) (laughs) those are the best when you like go into like you know five in the morning or something like that yeah and you you don't know what you've done (laughs) yeah yeah but it's magnificent. Oh, there's, always, there's always a risk of uh, waking up and listening again and, and kind of being a little bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like to never listen again once I finish something. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I've got, I've got one more question before we jump into these, uh, these quick fire questions. If you had to start again at square one, what would you do differently, if anything? Um, all right. So square one, I think one of the most important things I would have done differently is I would have split arc patrol, um, into at least like two different projects because right now I'm having the problem where I want to make, I'm playing shows. Like I've started playing a couple of shows and I have a couple more lined up and shows are quite different from like chilled out stuff that you listen to at home. Like people want to dance, people want to have fun. And that doesn't fit very well with Arc Patrol. Uh, I'm kind of making it fit right now, but naturally it's not as fitting. And I don't have a project that would go along with the show perfectly. So I don't want to make a new one right now. Um, I mean, I, I, I can, but it would have been good three years ago to start that SoundCloud page and have that grow along with Arc Patrol so that I have an outlet for like, you know, different types of genres of music that I want to make. 
that's a big one for me i think <laughs> that's that's quite big i mean has your sound has arc patrol sound changed over the years yeah definitely yeah. it's evolving still i don't know where it's going but it's changing <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, i see um okay cool do you have any books or resources that have helped you become a better producer um yeah the resources would just be my favorite uh edm albums like mm-hmm. um like like the biggest one for me was uh was flume's uh lp uh probably like i first heard it like two years ago mm-hmm. and uh, i was in boston at the time just staying uh with a friend we had an apartment and i found it and it you know really sunk in and it was such a good example of mixing and um just you know music in general ideas and such that um you know i just listened to it on end and really compared everything i made to that and that became like a good uh role model for me basically i love how you mentioned that's the first time someone has mentioned like an album as a resource and i Mm. love it because just mute like listening to music as a producer and analyzing it is so incredibly helpful yeah um awesome definitely what three pieces of advice would you give to upcoming producers so if you can help it uh number one if you can help it try to always be making music whenever you have free time um, like if you if that's really what you want to do um just make it your default go-to like no matter what kind of idea even if it's not what you're going for like if you want to make edm but you, you end up coming up with a hip-hop beat you know just make it like always trying to be outputting something um it's natural for people to make all kinds of different stuff you know like no one only makes a single genre people get bored of that you know, it's okay to make all kinds of stuff just be okay with making all kinds of stuff for sure um, number two um don't be okay with forgetting things um so if you come up with a melody or a beat or something cool and you go damn that's nifty and then you immediately go back to whatever you're doing beforehand that's not okay like you should you should always um you know most people nowadays have a phone uh you can record your melodies you can record stuff you should always take like 20 seconds turn on your phone record it and then you'll have it for later when it's time to produce like I've had so many melodies and things get away from me because I was okay with not, I was like, Oh, I'll just remember it later. And then, you know, what do you know? (laughs) You'll remember it. (laughs) So yeah, record stuff on your phone. And then, um, the third one is match your music to your standards. Um, you know, who is your idol? You know, who are you trying to be like? You need to settle with yourself. You need to be like, all right, do I really like this person? And then when the answer is yes, then you need to go all out, you know, like no, uh, don't hold back on yourself, you know, really break everything down, you know, compare every little detail, be as meticulous as possible when it comes to comparing your music with other people and your standards are going to go up for sure. You're going to notice a lot of things that you never noticed before. And, um, you're going to just, you're going to find success with yourself. Basically. I mean, if you're not improving, then, uh, it might take a little bit of technical, know how Mm. to kind of get you there but that's just knowledge and you can learn that just through googling stuff on youtube yeah man that's like that yeah that's fantastic advice awesome uh what's your dream collaboration i don't really i don't really know um like like the one the one artist 
producer or, or vocalist or anyone who you, who, who you want to work with? Okay. Uh, there's this, there's this girl named Zella Day. Zella Day. She's yeah. in, um, I think she's in Los Angeles right now, but I found her music a couple months ago and I really, really wanted to collaborate with her, but she's being picked up by like huge labels right now. Mm. So maybe later on in my life, I don't know. Yeah, man. Whenever it happens, <laughs> that would be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, any last words for the listeners? Um, thanks guys for listening. Uh, you're all the best without you. None of this would have been possible. So, um, yeah, stay, stay tuned. There's always going to be cool stuff. And, um, thank you so much for you know, all your support. Cool, man. Well, thanks heaps for coming on. And finally, where can people find you online? Um, you can just Google Arc Patrol. Uh, <laughs> I got my SoundCloud, got my Twitter, got my Facebook. Everything that you're supposed to have in this digital age is there. And um, yep, and I'm also on like YouTube and stuff like that. So awesome, man! Cheers. Cheers.